0: what's going on everybody welcome back into another edition of bar top sports talk you're tuning in for episode 56 we hope you guys enjoyed episode 55 last time this is your host as always tino bernard we co host ryan the rhino murray Ooh, we're not popping beer caps today we're popping some starry
1: gotta keep that throat ready
0: i know that the <laughs> uh pause Ah. Uh... Man, he didn't have to say all that. Mm, my <laughs> fault. What a way to start episode 56. How is it story by the way? I see a lot of people hyping it up.
1: I don't know. They all taste the same to me. Right, this.
0: Sierra Miss, like they're all the one and the same.
1: Yeah, this replaced Sierra Miss.
0: R.A.P. Oh. oh, it did? Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't even know that.
1: Mm-hmm. That's the millennials amazing.
0: man <laughs> that's right trends they catch on fast and it'll kill off old things good. for instance look at vine if any of you listeners in ryan you remember vine <laughs> they had a good run yeah it did that's enough nostalgia though episode 56 we got a lot to get into we gotta catch you guys up on a few things since episode 55 nba summer league's been going on We have a look at some of the standout players, a few of the rookies and a few of the Kansas Jayhawks that are taking place or participating in the summer league. We have a little bit of a free agency update, not too much news. We're gonna discuss some of the contracts that were given out last week, but we wanted to kind of share our thoughts even though it's old news because some of these guys were just getting ridiculously overpaid. And that's become the trend now as the last few summers. Since the TV rights deals, is is that what it is, Ryan? I think so. The television rights deals, they've been just making these contracts outrageous. We have a little bit of the trade rumors. Really, it's just Dame Lillard, Dame Dalla. Where is he going to go? Will he force his hand? We shall see. We have a little bit of the NBA rules updates, as well as the playing tournament. We'll give you guys information on that. MLB, it was All-Star Week. It's come and gone. This is technically week 16. We don't have a power rankings, but we're gonna take a look at the standings. We're gonna recap some of the highlights of All-Star Week, not even All-Star Weekend. Really, the MLB's All-Star festivities is a weird time because it takes place on a Monday and Tuesday. So you can't even call it an All-Star Weekend. I don't know. That seems odd. It is odd. It's one of the more, I guess, unique All-Star festivities in professional sports. But we'll have that for you, the highlights. Some of the trade rumors, not really trade rumors because there's not a whole lot out there that I've seen. We'll mainly look at some of the buyers at the deadline and some of the sellers. We'll give you guys a Royals update at the All-Star break. We're gonna talk some KU football on this one. We haven't talked college football since last fall, but the Kansas Jayhawks football program has been making some noise in the recruiting world They may not, I don't know, I'm not saying they're going to make the college football playoff this year. They're going to make a bowl. They're going to be better. But next year, 2024, looking very promising. Yeah, it is. And we'll also give a Chiefs update towards the end of the show. And, Ryan, I kind of got, if we have a little bit of time, I do want to get your opinion on some of these things. And it relates to the pop culture world. Uh Uh-oh. So we're going to talk a little bit of movies towards the end of the show. So be ready for that. But before we get into the sports stuff, I do got to ask, how was the Taylor Swift concert?
2: Hmm.
1: It might not be a popular opinion, but it's the loudest. Not counting the music, just the cheers alone. It was the loudest I've ever heard Arrowhead in my life. It was the most shocking experience I've ever been a part of i i did not realize it was gonna be that serious
0: i mean honestly I, i'm obviously i'm not a big taylor swift fan
1: neither am i and i felt so out of place
0: she's seen the videos that i saw she seemed like she put on a pretty good show as far as like crowd environment not her herself she's not really a, well, i guess one of the more notable performers in the music industry
1: she's definitely i was so like my taylor swift you know like her first album came out you know we were in like fifth grade. And I know that, like, she's basically kind of like hip-hop and country mix. I don't know what you call her now. I didn't realize how provocative she got on stage. I was like, Whoa, you know, because you feel kind of weird because, you know, I'm a grown-ass, or I'm a grown man, and there's all these underage girls around me, and she's up there doing all the, you know, all these provocative dances on chairs and stuff, and I'm just sitting there like, oh. A
0: little uncomfortable. I'm like,
1: this is weird. But it was a good vibe, though.
0: So some of the listeners out there, you may have gone to the concert as well. It was a big hit in Kansas City. She had a two-day concert. Or no, I guess two-night. So last Friday and last Saturday, she sold out Arrowhead both times. She's been selling out crowds. I was just curious, because I know you were there. And the videos I've seen, they do look pretty cool. The stage setup looked awesome. The environment at Arrowhead. I I do got to say, I want to go there someday not for a taylor Swift concert but to see someone perform there like a big band or a big musical act that would be pretty cool that's an awesome venue for music
1: it was visually stunning and there was a wonderful chiefs chant near the end i loved that that was crazy gotta have that when i didn't right expect there, it right? but the dude from uh twilight you know the like uh, wolf guy whatever
0: oh taylor lautner
1: yeah he came out there and like it was like a little i didn't think it was like a planned speech but it was after the premiere or whatever that song was that music video like the world premiere which i thought was cool because it's 2023 how often do you see a world premiere of a music video live the girl took the microphone from him one of the other girls i don't know her name and she was like what he really wanted to say was go chiefs and then you heard it start on the opposite end of the stadium, and then it went all the way around. That was a highlight of my night.
0: That's pretty cool. Sounds like a good experience then. It was cool. Okay. So, yeah, I'm glad we got your opinion on that, Ryan. We got your, uh, your personal experience on that. That's pretty interesting. Let's get into your favorite part of the show. NBA, the hardwood. Talking summer league basketball. It's always an exciting time. In the NBA calendar, you get to see a lot of the rookies as well as the first or as well as the second year and even third year players and some guys that are fighting for contracts. Who who would you say has stood out so far as far as like some of the rookies or second year players?
2: I might sound biased,
1: but I kind of want to say Ochai. Just averaging 19-9, you know? I know he started the last, like, 30 games of the season, but just seeing him, you know, getting blocks and steals, not something you really saw much of at KU. I mean, yeah, he'd get some steals, but, like, chase down blocks against, you know, better players at this level. I thought that was kind of crazy. Obviously, Keegan Murray going crazy.
0: Keegan Murray, yeah. I mean, he was a starter last year on a playoff team. He took a big jump this this off season, and I think he's going to become, you know, a key contributor for them.
1: It yeah. might sound biased, but being the 51st pick, a lot of people questioning his athleticism and shooting. Jalen Wilson averaging 16, 7 and 2 with a steal and a block while shooting 50%. I thought that was pretty cool.
0: Seven from seven to 13 from three point range, as you mentioned, yeah, 54%.
1: He's hoop hooping. Amani Bates. A lot of people were questioning his game. He's averaging 16, 6, and 1 with a block a game, 44% from the floor and 38% from 3. I mean, and then obviously Wimby, he's going to get a lot of hype.
0: Only two games. Do you you think he should have got a third one?
1: We're arresting players in the summer league now? Yeah. That just seems weird.
0: So I know you, you you had told me before the show that that was a question you had for me. You kind of want to address that real quick.
1: Yeah, what do you think about it?
0: So, I know it's been happening more and more. So, Zion, I don't think he played much in the Summer League.
1: I thought he got hurt in the Summer League.
0: Or That's what it seems like, at least. The players, the rookies especially, get minor injuries. You know, Alonzo, I think it happened to him when he was with the Lakers his rookie year. Chet, Chet, Chet had a season-ending injury, though.
1: I think... Didn't he get hurt in the Drew League or something? Who's that? Uh, Chet. He got hurt in the Drew League. I don't think it was the summer league. It might have been, but either way, same thing. It's off season. Oops, I get it.
0: But resting rookies. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I can't say I agree with it, but I mean, we're also not athletic trainers or medical professionals, so
1: I'm kind of a trainer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah, yeah, you are. You are.
1: I get it that you want to protect him, but. Like, when you see his movements, the dribbling isn't there. The pace of the game isn't there. He's used to playing, you know, in Europe. It's slower paced. I feel like you gotta give him reps, man. But then again, I also understand people are fighting for contract. They're going for loose balls. They're playing harder. They're playing for their NBA dream. You don't want to get him injured. I get it. But also, I feel like you you just gotta get a player used to that, you know, and now we're resting people in summer league
0: I think for wendy in for in his case specifically, for as not necessarily as poorly as he played in game one, but he didn't he didn't perform to the expectations that I guess people have laid out for him, which isn't fair, but still yeah you're expecting the number one overall pick to put on a show in the first game he didn't, he was a little underwhelming. Second game, he corrected that, and he proved people wrong because people were already doubting him. I'd like to at least see a third game. We'll mm-hmm. get, a, get a good, decent... It, it Three games is still a very small sample size, but it, it can kind of give you a, a better indication than two.
1: Yeah, I just feel like especially being so young now it's different with older players it's different during the season when you're traveling i get all that and i get it the france league ended around when the nba finals ended i get it but he has to get used to that impact he has to get used to the pace of the game and i know summer league isn't exactly the nba style it's a little more aau a little more hectic a little more ball hog ish people i don't know i don't think it's the biggest deal but like like resting rookies we're doing that now i just don't agree with it
0: i wouldn't i wouldn't do it if i was in that coaching staff you want to get these guys as many reps as possible especially because some of them may not become starters immediately so you at least want to see what they have and what they can offer even as a bench player or if they do become a starter you know you want them to gain confidence before the season so what's playing one or two games out of a whole entire summer gonna do for them
1: yeah so what does that mean they're not gonna let him like practice like well, practices against us like his team too like I get full reps get used to the speed of the game get used to everything because it's, it's a different game
0: i would hope they at least do scrimmaging in practice because it, yeah i think and, and another thing too they miss out on the competitive aspect of it mm-hmm. they're not being competitive for a long period of time from now until what.
1: Like September, October.
0: Yeah, early October. So I don't know. I don't think it's a good idea. Some other guys that played a few games, but I mean these these were proven. it. So you mentioned Keegan Murray. I saw Jabari Smith. He was really impressive for the Houston Rockets in year two. He I liked it. I liked his mindset. I don't know if you saw one of his interviews. I respect it. He uh, he acknowledged that the Houston Rockets season last year was obviously a failure. They only won I think twenty two games. And he himself didn't really live up to the expectations that people laid out for him. Again, it's a little unfair, but I think he's going to be a breakout player this year for them.
1: He has the mentality of it.
0: I mean, six foot ten. I guess he's a three. He's not really a four, but he, he I like his game.
1: Everybody now in nowadays NBA, you're either a one, three, or a five. You know. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> kind of one of those.
0: I'll tell you another person that showed out, former Big 12 player, Keontae George. Yep. I believe he's with the Jazz as well. Him and Ochai are running mates in that backcourt for the Utah Jazz. He he impressed a little bit. Some other ones, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, there, there's so many players, so it's hard to really keep track of.
1: And it's difficult to find stats for them too. And the games are on at weird times. Yeah. Like, like, even like the KU players, like I was telling you before the show, like you can't just look up Jalen Wilson summer league stat and just find it. Like you have to go find the individual games. Difficult.
0: Yeah, I think ESPN they sometimes keep track of the box scores, mm-hmm. but then yeah, I don't know if they keep it there or not. So it is a little bit tough to follow if, if you're a casual fan, even if you're an avid NBA consumer. It's a little bit more difficult. Now. I think they, what probably one more week of summer league ball because then they get into the terminate terminate tournament. Oh my goodness, tournament play this weekend.
1: Yeah, I think the last one right now is the NBA 2K summer league or whatever, the
0: one with
2: the Spurs and whoever else.
0: So the standings look like this: Cleveland has the top record at three and O. The Houston Rockets have the second-best record at 3-0. and They're basically tied. Indiana is at 2-0. and Los Angeles Lakers at 2-0. and The Jazz, shout-out to Hibachi, 2-0. Those are the undefeated teams. They're probably going to get high seedings. I'm excited to see what happens, though.
1: Yeah, a lot of KU players in the Summer League. Man, I hope the C's pick up dope. I know we've talked about it. I don't know if it's even podcast-worthy, but I hope they pick them up, and I think they need him. I think they at least need to take a shot.
0: I did see he gave them really good minutes in one of their most recent games. So, from Jayhawks in the NBA on Twitter, they said that he had 14 points and 10 rebounds with 7 of 7 from the floor. I mean, you can't ask for much more. That's a really good contribution. You know, you can't teach 7 foot.
2: Yeah, with that
1: wingspan too. If they can get him that especially if they can sign him on a two-way deal get him really cheap
0: i would not be opposed to it at all i really hope they bring him in because i mean why not their bench their bench wasn't very deep last year you know why not bring in a seven-footer
1: yeah i mean with grant williams gone why not bring him in i know he doesn't have the shooting like grant williams but he brings that toughness that grit he never backs down from anybody and he's one of the few big men like big men I really feel like you see diving for loose balls, great at defending the pick and roll. I know that like defending the three might be a little questionable, and obviously he doesn't really have a shot, but still that presence in the paint I mean, look at what Rudy Gobert got, all the money he's got with no shot, no ability to defend the three. I might be biased,
2: though, but
0: No, nah, I mean he's, he's a good player. We'll see what happens with them with the Boston Celtics. Now that we kind of recapped the, what, roughly week of summer league play, we can kind of get into some of the contracts that caught our eye last week as well. So first, I know we mentioned some of the bad contracts, and I'm sure you all have possibly seen them. Most of them were signed by clutch sports clients. So this kind of goes hand in hand. In the notes, I put the Rich Paul effect. If you guys aren't familiar with Rich Paul, it's basically LeBron James, right-hand man. He's the CEO of Clutch Sports, the agency group, and he knows how to get NBA players paid. For example, this year alone, according to Front Office Sports, $600 million in offers that he negotiated between his clients. Draymond Green, four years, $100 million. That that was pretty steep for a guy that's getting up there in age.
1: Whose play has obvious I mean offensively significantly yeah. fell off over the last few years.
0: I feel like he relies more on his antics on defense nowadays, but yeah, I agree. And even
1: then defensively, I mean he's slower. I, I I don't see that. I don't I don't
0: Now the next guy, I really like him and I respect him. I mean, he used to get buckets in college, and he was played for one of the Kansas schools. And he was a underdog with the Toronto Raptors. Freddie Van Fleet, I do got to say, man, he got overpaid. Three, uh, three years, three years, one hundred thirty million dollars. You do the math. Just I I don't think, in any world, that Fred Van Fleet should be one of the highest paid players in the NBA, in terms of yearly average. And if you can't do the math, I can pull out my calculator real quick. That's over $43 million a season for an undersized two-guard. I don't know. I don't know. I know Houston had money to spend. I don't think they had to spend it like that, though. And on Dylan Brooks. Yeah, Dylan Brooks, too. Dylan Brooks wasn't a very good one. I think he got $20 million a season. Jeremy Grant was also a part of the Clutch Sports. He's a decent player, though. I can't remember who he signed to. Trailblazers. Blazers. Oh, he re-signed with them? Yeah, Supermax. So he got a five-year, $160 million deal. Jordan Clarkson, did he stay with the Utah Jazz? Yeah. So he got a three-year, 55. I feel like that's not bad for him.
1: I feel like it's good. he's a bucket.
0: Yeah, he, that's respectable for him. DeJounte Murray. Didn't he just get paid by the Spurs? He just get Now he's just getting paid by the Atlanta Hawks.
1: Yeah, I don't know. With how unsuccessful they've been, it's weird they continue to give out money.
0: Four years, $120 million. Again, for a guy that Ryan, as he just mentioned, hasn't really accomplished a whole lot. I was, I mean, those are some of the ones that caught my eye. And the class of 2020, we can get into that in a minute, but I don't know. Were there any others that kind of caught your eye, Ryan?
1: Desmond Bain signing a five-year 207 mil. I thought that was absurd.
0: He's a solid player. He had a career last year, but I don't, yeah, over $200 million for him.
1: I know the salary cap's going to continue to go up and up, and I know you want some, like, leadership on that team because he's, like, a drama-free guy. He's a leader. You know, he does what it takes to win. He seems like, you know, he fits well, but I don't know. So I know we're in different tax brackets, but 207 <laughs> mil, Yeah, that's a lot.
0: So then, what do you think about the Tyrese Halliburton contract?
1: I thought that was kind of wild too.
0: He's another guy, promising young player. I do like his game a lot. I think I like the way he plays in his role with the Indiana Pacers. But again, it's a player that hasn't accomplished much. Why is he getting what, what was it five years, two sixty?
1: Something. The Pacers haven't really accomplished much. It's like every year they have like. You don't know if they're gonna blow it up or not, and they still keep spending money. Are they gonna move Miles Turner? Then they never do. They always have like all these trade rumors that never pan out. Then they it just seems like they always put together a subpar team.
0: I was. They yeah. show
1: flashes and then just kind of never really.
0: They're a they're a head scratching team. They're Kind of just stuck in mediocr mediocrity. I like Tyrese Halliburton though. I just don't. I just don't understand. The NBA, I think I was talking to Hector about this. The NBA, the way they do contracts in comparison to the NFL, for example. The NFL, if a rookie in the first round signs a rookie deal, they have four years and technically five years controlled by the NFL team because they can pick up their option. And then at that point, they also have the possibility of franchise tagging them. So really they could have up to six years of control. Not NBA players, and usually that rookie contract isn't very high unless you're the number one overall pick. But for NBA players, you'll sign usually a rookie deal for a top pick, three to four years. Usually it's a four-year deal, but then after I think after like two, usually it's after two years. So again, you're not really accomplishing much in two years, and then they're signing an extension of five years. And then nowadays, over $200 million as a rookie Supermax. John Moran, Zion are the poster boys of that, in my mind.
2: I have a couple more.
1: Okay, so we all know about the Kyrie stuff. I think, I think it was pretty clear by everything that was going on, he wanted out of doubt. Of and I don't think anyone wanted to take on his contract. It didn't work. Either Luka has the ball in his hand and Kyrie just kind of stood there, or Kyrie had the ball and Luca just stood there. And then Kyrie said, whoever signs him, he wants to spend the rest of his career there. What do you think about him getting three years, 126 mil? Him getting 43 mil with the -the off-the-court stuff and not really succeeding on the court without LeBron, not really being a relevant player. When was the last time he was relevant, you say?
0: Boston. No, I mean he had his moments in Brooklyn. There's a few 50-point games mixed in there, but for the most part he was disappointing.
1: 126 mil though.
0: Yeah, over 3 years,
1: 43 mil a year. I I or something like that. I'm not great at math.
0: I don't get why he wouldn't want to go ring chase. You know, he's I think it, I think he just reached 30, if not maybe 31. But either way, you've made your money, you've been one of the highest paid players in the league, you were one of the highest grossing signature shoes for Nike, you know, go find a role on a good team, you're still one of the top point guards in the league, you don't need to match up with Luka, there's no reason. If you know it's not gonna work, why sign a mega deal that way? And then even then, you're signing a deal like that, Luka's got his mega deal, You're kind of limiting the team on what they can bring in.
1: And didn't they give Grant 54 mil? Yeah. I And a sign
0: and trade with the Celtics, yeah.
1: They're kind of not a lot of money to go around, you know?
0: I just don't know. The NBA NBA is weird in terms of free agency. The way the general managers operate doesn't exactly make sense to me compared to other professional sports leagues. I
1: had one more just because I was curious. What do you think about Kyle Kuzma getting four-year, 102 mil? I know it's just a little over 25 mil a year. What, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I know he put up good numbers. But he was basically the only person putting up shot. What do you think? Basically think... signing a four-year deal just to not really even make the playoffs. <laughs> I'm not being a hater. I'm just saying. I mean, how's gonna, how is he going How are they gonna make the playoffs?
0: Yeah, Washington.
1: Can you name four players on that team? Or even three? Jordan Poole. I can name two, that's it.
0: They like, yeah, they moved they had quite a bit of music, moving pieces this a lot offseason. of season. So yeah, no, I couldn't. Uh, he's. A, we we talked about him I think in one of the last episodes, you know. Yeah, he had a success with the Lakers. He's shown that he can be at least on a bad team a number 2 sometimes a number one but it'd be interesting to see how he's developed his game now if he could apply his skill set now to another championship caliber team how he how would he find his role would he try to accept maybe a third option or would he want to be a number two so i mean i guess by him signing that contract it kind of shows me that he still wants to be a number two a fringe number one on a bad team
1: so who's the number one him or jordan pool
0: Probably pool. This is probably the time when you truly get to see Jordan Poole break out. You got a glimpse of it in the playoffs last year in 2022, but I mean, obviously, he kind of had a, a disappointing year this past season. But now the training wheels are off. He's getting the free. He's getting the green light. I would assume.
1: And he's not on a team with some dude who knocked
0: him out.
1: <laughs> yeah, just snuck it.
0: Oh man, poor Jordan Poole. So I alluded to the 2020 draft class. We talked about a few of the guys Halliburton and Desmond Bain. Now, again, the trend is what have these players accomplished? So, two more, for example, Anthony Edwards, who I respect. I do like him, I like his mentality. I think he's one of the better young players.
1: He's a dog.
0: 260 million.
2: Is he a wolf, though?
0: That's a good question. Jerry West. Lamello Ball, $260 million. God. For what?
2: Exactly
1: what?
0: I just I don't understand the investment. Why I invest into these players long-term when they have... Now, granted, Lamello Ball, he's flashy. He's got the name, of course, because just... He, he's more, I feel like he's bigger off the court than he is on the court.
1: I think that's what it is.
0: Now, Desmond Bain, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, I feel like those are all respectable players. I still think that they shouldn't get that kind of money just yet. At least this, these front offices, at least let these players establish themselves as an all-star. That's Tyrese Halliburton did, but they're still really young. Can they do it again? Why, why reward a, one, a one-hit wonder right now? Now, granted, I'm not saying they're going to be a one-hit wonder, but why reward one year of really good play instead of maybe two to three and you have a better sample size? Can they sustain that success long-term?
1: I agree with you 100%. I don't understand it. I think it's one of those, at least in the LaMelo Ball situation, kind of similar to the Zion situation in a way. Team's garbage. You know he's so popular. Viral highlights, anything he does, he's gonna—he's at least gonna put people in the stands. Even if your team does terribly, you're probably gonna make. It.
0: Definitely. No, that is a hundred percent spot on. Now to kind of go back as well, we were talking about number one overall picks and top draft picks in the NBA in comparison to other professional sports leagues. I thought this was interesting because the NBA draft, of course, happened in the at the end of June. And then just recently, the MLB draft happened just this week on Monday. So in comparison between the NBA, the NFL, the NHL, and the MLB, the NBA, if you're the top overall pick, you have the highest contract. Four years, $55 million, starting out. Now we just mentioned Grant Williams just had a similar deal, and he's in year four. That's really, that's a high-paid contract for a rookie. Number one overall pick. The NFL top pick gets four years, 37.9. I've seen that some of those come to backfire on teams. Oh, yeah. The NHL three years, 13.63 million. The MLB 9.712. And that's or 9.721, sorry. And that's because there's so many baseball players. Within an organization. So that's kind of why that money gets spread out. I thought that was interesting though. That was also presented by Track. So it's a different dynamics. Of the professional sports leagues for sure. The NBA is truly an anomaly. Doesn't really make sense. For some of these contracts.
1: Yeah it's almost like. The mentality of. I just don't want anyone else to have him. He might be great. Instead of.
0: I,
2: I, doesn't make sense.
0: Now we can kind of transition to the latest trade rumors. Really, as I mentioned, it's just Damon Lillard, Dame Dala. No, not really too many new reports. Everyone just keeps saying it's Miami or bust. But even then, we, we don't have to spend too much time on this since it was the only thing. But do you believe if the Miami Heat are somehow some way able to pull off this trade does that even make them championship contenders or can that get them over the hump and win an NBA title Damian Lillard matched with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo
2: I mean you gotta think
1: Gabe Benson left right Bruce left so they'd have to give a I saw a lot they there's gonna have to be a third maybe even a fourth team involved because some of the reports say they do not want Tyler Hero at all. It's like, who, who else are they going to have?
0: They do have Oladipo on their roster, which they re but he's also coming off an injury, so I don't think teams would trade for him.
1: Yeah, that dude's has had poor so knee injuries in the last four or five years. I mean, I hope he comes back great, but it's just like, I mean, who else are they going to have?
0: That's a tough, yeah. That's a tough thing. I don't know how Pat Riley's going to pull that off.
1: I mean, there'd have to be a third or a fourth team involved. I just don't see it. And Bam's so inconsistent, kind of like Anthony Davis. You never know what he's going to do. Is he going to get you 20-12, and 12, or is he going to get you, like, 8-5, you know? It's just one of those.
0: I- I'd hope that news comes sooner rather than later, although this, the GM of the Trailblazers did just mention this week at the in Vegas at the Summer League that they're in no rush they're willing to wait this out the entire summer all the way up until training camp. And even then you may not get that trade until maybe during the season.
1: Yeah. And you know, some people keep talking about how bad of a trade it would be, but right now, I mean, it's really the only trade on the table. There's been talk about other teams showing interest, but it doesn't seem like anybody. I mean, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. There might be some other teams trying to put together a package, but we've also seen the reports him and his agent have publicly said he's only going to play for the heat, heat or Bust. You know, his agent calling other franchises, saying you don't want to trade for a player who doesn't want to play for you.
0: Which is so weird. I would would have never expected that from Damian Lillard. You know, he's always been labeled as the guy It's all about the grind. So to see him essentially threatening to to sit out, until he gets his way, really surprising. That never really has seemed like his demeanor.
1: Yeah, I get it. You're frustrated. You want to leave. I don't think it's the right way to go about it. But
0: Pulling a James Harden method.
1: It's kind of weird.
0: It is. It's weird to see.
1: It's corny. (laughs) I've never heard of an agent calling other teams saying he's not going to play for you if you try and get him. That's that it, new to me. Even in social media age, that's new to me. Yeah. Maybe it's happened before, but I can't remember it.
0: That is, It's going to be interesting to see what happens. And even then, can Miami get over the hump? That's going to be the question. As we conclude the NBA segment, I was actually wrong, and I got to address this. I was wrong on the NBA 2K24 cover. I believe a few episodes ago I said I saw something, and, again, I can't confirm it. So, I look like a casual now. I thought it was Nikola Jokic who was going to be the cover athlete. Come to find out, they did it justice. NBA 2K24 is going to be covered by, rightfully so, Kobe Bryant.
1: Want to know what I don't get, though? On the covers that I see, he has the 8 jersey on.
0: Yeah, that didn't make sense. It would make more sense if it was 24.
1: Like, I get it. The 8 jersey, he wore that for a long time. The years 24, 8, 24. You cover both. But wouldn't it be 24 and 24? And how many covers are they going to put him on? Like, I know he's a legend, but... Like, do current players not get praise anymore?
0: Because they kind of took advantage... I, I feel bad saying it, but they kind of did take advantage of when he passed.
1: Yeah, they're milking it for what it's worth because they know people are going to go out buy the most expensive... What do they call it? the legendary copy or whatever 2k
0: yeah the mamba black mamba pack
1: yeah and in my opinion i think that's dirty
0: no that's what i'm saying it kind of seems a little suspicious maybe sales have gone down for 2k i don't i haven't bought it in a while i kind of want to get it but at the same time people from what i've seen on twitter still complain about the gameplay just diff- physical
1: copies have gone down because people just don't want to bother with it anymore and you can have the game pre-downloaded so then when it releases at midnight you can start playing immediately rather than going picking up the game downloading it then waiting hours you
0: know so see maybe they maybe the 2k team has seen that as the a current trend and now again like they're milking the kobe bryant passing he's obviously an nba legend he was an idol to a lot of kids and even a lot of these young players, they'll be more probably inclined to go buy a physical copy. And then, of course, digital sales are just gonna automatically blow up. So I feel, I, I agree with you, I think that's what they're doing. They're kinda of milking it at this point. I like it, I think it's a good choice, it makes sense, 24, 24, I mean, you know. But, yeah, when are they gonna put another athlete? It should've been Jokic, in a way. Yeah,
1: I think so. I wanted it to be Embiid, but to be fair with what Jokic did all season long, and in the playoff, and in the finals, how could you? I mean, that's like historic what that dude did. It was, it was... like you look at the numbers he put up, and even after they had the one seed clinched up, when he wasn't playing as much, it's like imagine the numbers he would have put up if he would have been if he would have played all those games, you know.
0: I feel like it was a no-brainer, but, I mean, we're not here to make that decision. And I'm not even
1: a Joker fan.
0: Yeah, me either.
1: But I think he should have got it. Like, why aren't current players getting the praise? Something feels grimy about that to me.
0: I agree. I agree. Now, the NBA rules, we did mention that. They made two rule changes. So, now this season, we know that the NBA has started to crack down on flops more, but this year especially, it's going to happen. Flops will result in a technical foul, and the opposing team will get a free throw now. Do you feel like that's giving the refs too much control, or do you think it's fair?
1: I think it's fair, but on the other side of the coin, I think it's bad because I know it's a big complaint because there's too many stoppages in the NBA in the first place. It kills the momentum of the entire game, and I don't like all the stoppages. And that's not just me. That's like a whole thing. You always hear about it. That's the problem. Too many stop it. I think it's just going to add more stop it.
0: No, I agree. They're going to have to review a lot more things because there are going to be some close plays that they may, may or may not get right. So it's agree. like
1: with baseball, you know, they want to speed the game up. They want to get more viewers to watch it. There's more action. Keep viewers, like, entertained or what do you call it, more in tune with the game whatever the word is, and then the NBA is like, nah, we're going to go ahead and do the exact opposite. We're going to make stop the game more. Yeah, they should be penalized for flopping, but...
0: At what cost?
1: I just don't feel like more stoppages are going to help the game at all.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with you. And then this season as well, coaches will be given a second challenge if the first is successful. I like that one.
1: Stop in the game even more, though. Those challenges sometimes do. They're over there five or ten minutes. Like, they have every angle. Why does it take that long? I just I just don't like the direction it's going. It's already hard to watch sometimes during the regular season unless it's some of the really good teams. And I hate that to say it as an NBA fan, but I feel like they're making it harder to watch
0: i don't I don't necessarily mind the coaches challenge because that was new what two years ago I believe so, and it's something they probably should have had in place a long time ago because they they should give coaches the power to challenge something if something there's been plenty of missed calls in some big games that we've seen over the years, and you know think of it the n f l didn't have that, and then now baseball's caught onto it as well i think it's I think it's fair to have i'm 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 a fan of it. I hope it doesn't lead to more stoppages, but it more than likely will. I
1: mean, I like it in theory, but basketball games shouldn't be that long. There shouldn't be that many stoppages. It it just kills the game, you know.
0: I agree. I mean that part, yeah. Are you a fan of the announced in season tournament which will be held in Vegas, I believe in December?
1: Isn't it the top two teams in each conference? Or something like that
0: i can't even remember. i honestly didn't really get to see the how the the layout of the or the format of the tournament
1: i think it's a cool idea i think it's something cool to try
0: yeah it could because it could maybe it doesn't work and they scrap it because i know it, they were getting mixed reviews on it
1: it's worth a shot
0: if it adds viewers i mean why not
1: yeah it could add something cool i like it you know maybe it's terrible don't do it again but give it a shot maybe it add something cool
0: i just wonder if players how willing they'll be to just in, up in the middle of the season you got to fly out to vegas you know instead of just playing continue the season
1: are players going to want to rest through it yeah that's is another there going to be an incentive to play and participate
0: these are questions that need to be answered that's where we'll leave off with the NBA for episode 56. We'll have more updates in episode 57. We'll get some more summer league updates as well. Hopefully we get some trade stuff moving. Probably not a whole lot though. It'll mainly be summer league news, but we'll keep stay tuned for that. Now to quickly go through the MLB power rankings. I say that loosely because there were, were no power rankings from the MLB this week. This was all-star week. We'll just go, we'll instead take a look at both league, or we'll take a look at ESPN's standings overall. So we have the Atlanta Braves at 60 wins. I think you can say that they're probably the best team in baseball right now, with the Tampa Bay Rays closely behind them at 58 wins. Baltimore Orioles with the third best record. The Miami Marlins with technically the fourth best record in baseball. Actually, they do have the fourth best record in baseball. The Dodgers are right there at number five. Houston, or the Texas Rangers, and then there's the Arizona Diamondbacks. Cincinnati with 50 wins. Cincinnati has been one of the funnest teams to watch as of the second half of June with L.A. De La Cruz, the rookie sensation.
1: I have been seeing a lot of him.
0: He's cool, man. He makes baseball fun. I like he watching him. He does. And then Toronto. And Houston, both tied at 51s as well. Those are some of the top teams, which I think we can kind of look at the buyers at this point for the trade deadline. We can get that going real quick. I think a team like the Dodgers are definitely going to be buyers. Hector's been a little bummed because their pitching staff has gone to, it's been depleted, basically. They've been hit with the injury bug. So I think that they could be a team that you go see get starting pitching as well as relief pitching. Maybe the Arizona Diamondbacks, their team that's, while they're in contention for the playoff spot right now, maybe they go get a piece that can get them over the hump of the Dodgers. Cincinnati, I wonder if Cincinnati makes any moves. Baltimore, Baltimore I don't think will make moves just because they have a relatively younger roster. Tampa Bay and Atlanta, they're both pretty solidified with their core a team on the outside looking in, you could possibly see the Yankees. The Yankees have been riddled with injuries over the last few weeks before All-Star break.
2: Maybe Houston, Philly, San Francisco. Just a few teams to look for
0: in terms of seller, er, buyers. To quickly recap the All-Star game now. Going away from the power rankings, the National League won three to two. It was their first win since 2012. Which, if you remember, in 2012, Ryan, where the All-Star game was held, Kansas City. Ooh. So the National League gets their first win since the All-Star game in Kansas City. Also that weekend, Bill Self smacked a home run in the Celebrity Home Run or yes. Celebrity All-Star game.
1: At his first at-bat since
0: 92. Yep. Elias Diaz of Colorado Rockies wins the MVP of the All-Star Game. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. won the Home Run Derby. And a few more highlights of the All-Star Game. The Oakland A's continue to protest. So the mayor of Oakland had a conversation with Rob Manfred. And at the All-Star Game in Seattle, fans around the stadium were given cards, almost like trading cards. I don't know if you, I don't know if the listeners have seen this, Ryan, or if you've seen this. Uh, the card says, sell the athletics, all-star game, protest. And it's saying, it says Fisher out. So they want, the, they want the owner to sell instead of moving to Vegas. But I think the move to Vegas is just a foregone conclusion at this point. And the back of the card says, all-star game, support Oakland baseball, stand with us. Baseball is more than just wins and home runs. It's about community memories and a sense of belonging. Like all baseball fans, A's fans also cherish these values. We're at the risk of losing baseball in Oakland forever. Will you stand with us? Show your support by standing up before the first at bat of the top of the fifth inning. Now I don't know if the, I don't know if fans caught on or not to this to this protest held by the Oakland A's. Again, I'm interested. I don't know. I didn't really get to see that. I didn't get to watch the All-Star game. This is one of the first All-Star games I didn't get to watch because DirecTV has Fox 4 uh, not listed as a channel anymore.
1: That's weird.
0: Yeah. A little fun fact. If you're a DirecTV consumer, that was kind of a bummer. So that, I thought that was a little bit funny. The Oakland A's owner is just, I don't know. No, he's not a, nobody's, too big of a fan of him at the moment the MLB draft also took place technically over all-star weekend I guess you could say even though it was during the week but they kind of they kind of did it almost in the NFL in that the fashion that the NFL has started to do it where they have an on-site draft now they didn't open it up to the public it's obviously nowhere near as big as the NFL draft but they did have it at the Seattle Seahawks stadium. But the only thing about it was, was that it's kind of roped off into the corner. So it was very small. You didn't really have too many fans there. And the stage was just really small. But I do like how the MLB is possibly trying to go this direction. And maybe maybe the NBA does it as well. I think it's a really good idea what the NFL has done going to the different host cities. I think these other pro- professional sports leagues should definitely try this. And it's good that the MLB is at least doing it doing it on a smaller scale. How how inclined would you be to go
2: to an MLB draft in Kansas City?
1: I mean if there's alcohol, I'll go.
0: Yeah, I think you'd need it. The MLB all the MLB draft seems to be very boring.
1: I mean, if I can go with the right people, I'd be about it. Especially if the Royals are terrible and I know we're going to get a high pick.
0: Yeah. Well, that more likely would happen. Yeah. The, the I believe I saw, you know, the, I mentioned the MLB draft. It's way too long. Over 600 players were drafted. I believe over 650 players were drafted. Over 20 rounds. Why?
1: We don't need all that. No. How many of those players are actually gonna step onto an MLB field?
0: Exactly. I I just don't understand it. That that's the one thing that's killing the MLB draft. I'll never I'll I will never understand it. Maybe Hector could explain it better, but that that's just too long and too many picks.
1: Yeah, I mean I don't want to kill anybody's dreams, but I mean I feel like you got to be the best of the best to get drafted. You know. Six hundred and fifty? Like, come on. I feel like the NBA draft is too long sometimes, you know? Like, and we're talking six hundred and fifty? I didn't even know it was that long. Yeah. I I am a casual that we've gone over this, but still that just seems thick.
0: It's it's pretty excessive.
1: That's like math class or something, dude. Yeah.
0: No. So I don't know, maybe they they will be they're system the way they've done things for decades they haven't shown a willingness to change and i don't think that's something they will change on because i guess in their thinking these guys are going way late like round 20 or more they're going to get sent to low ball low a ball and then you have your your single a affiliates your double a affiliates and your triple a affiliates. so maybe you're just trying to fill those rosters rather than your actual major league roster no, I don't know.
1: It doesn't make sense to me.
0: It's it's just too long. One of the cool things about the MLB draft that I saw this year was that there are now three brothers in the major league, or not really in the major leagues, but they have signed major league contracts. The The Naylor brothers, so we have Josh Naylor and Bo Naylor of the Cleveland Guardians, and their youngest brother, Miles Naylor was just drafted by the Oakland Athletics.
2: Now, it kind of reminds you, almost like
0: the Ball Brothers. but Or the Holiday Brothers. Yeah, the Holiday Brothers are a better example because they've actually played in the NBA. I think that's cool, though. I've never That's, that's impressive, to send three of your sons to professional sports.
2: That's peak parenting.
0: Yeah, that's every dad's dream. That's every sports dad's dream. That's really cool. That was one of the highlights I saw. Now to go along with the MLB draft, the MLB All-Star game, around this time every year, they also do, I believe, their Hall of Fame voting. Or at least they get into the discussion of who will be finalists for the next Hall of Fame ceremony. And two popular players were once again snubbed. Pete Rose, and Barry Bonds. At this point, for Pete Rose...
1: He was the gambling guy, right? Yes. And Bonds was on Roy? Yes. Okay.
0: At this point, at least for, for Pete Rose, gambling is such a big... The sports betting scene is just exploded. Just everywhere. The MLB, actually, I believe they have a partnership with DraftKings. If you have a partnership with a sports gambling uh, company, why can't you let one of the best baseball players to ever play into the Hall of Fame? I just don't understand it at this point. It was, what, 40 years ago, and you're still punishing him? Yet gambling isn't nearly as frowned upon on, or frowned upon at this point in time?
1: Yeah. A lot of the Hall of Fame stuff, though, in all sports, though, a lot of it isn't just what you do on the field, though. Oh, Sorry, buddy.
0: And I get that, but it, they're off-the-field stuff. Or well, at least for him, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't affect. He has a Hall of Fame resume. Easily.
1: I mean, he didn't kill anybody. I'm not throwing shade at anybody, but I am, you know.
0: Who is that directed towards? Ray Lewis. Oh, okay. I, I was going to say that's the only person that comes to mind. <laughs> Now, Barry Bonds, I guess that comes from a more of an ethical, I mean, Pete Rose too, but the enhancers, obviously, that may or may not have helped. I still, my my personal belief on a situation like that, no matter how strong that baseball player is, they still have to make contact, right? Yeah. They still have to be able to recognize a pitch, right?
1: It's not going to help. From what I've understood, because I have watched a documentary about it, it doesn't help your reaction time. It doesn't help your eyes. You know, I don't see why they and everyone was juicing back then. I don't know. I don't see why they. I don't.
0: Barry Bonds, whether people like it or not, was good for baseball.
1: I'm also not a. I'm also a casual, but so maybe my opinion doesn't matter. But I don't see why. Why not?
0: Yeah, I mean guys, guys like him, Jose Canseco. Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, one of my favorite players ever. Guys like that were good for baseball, whether people like it or not. It brought excitement to the game. And a game that a lot of people think is boring because it can be slow-paced the majority of the time. You get guys like that to get up to the plate, get the crowd on their feet. I don't know. It's hard to argue that they didn't change the game of baseball in a positive way, too.
1: Well, Another thing, why weren't the Royals popular outside of Kansas City? When we were winning, we played small ball. We weren't hitting a lot of dingers. A lot of people want to see dingers. They want to see excitement. They want to see crazy stuff, you know?
0: And not to say that players should just be allowed to do steroids, but, again, you have to make contact with that ball.
1: It doesn't help your reaction time. Yeah. He's still putting in the work. He's still going to BP. He's still doing everything he needs to do.
0: That's just, I don't know. in baseball purists, they will probably despise us for what we're saying. They'll have like uh, a heated I've conversation. Seen, but
1: I've seen, when I was into baseball, when the Royals were good, I, I remember a lot of those conversations. They got all weird about it.
0: And then will be, they also made an announcement. So during this All-Star break, they announced their 2024 international schedule so kind of like how the NFL has their national or their international games then we'll be starting to do this as well. We've seen the London series this year. We've seen between the Cubs and the Cardinals. We saw we got we actually highlighted the Mexico series where the Padres and the Giants played. I want to say, I think it was the Giants. So we've seen those. So next year you're going to get the Tampa Bay Rays and the Boston Red Sox, they're going to be playing in the Dominican Republic, I believe. Next year in Sao Korea, South Korea. You're gonna get the Dodgers and the Padres. That'd be a cool series in South Korea, South Korea. Because the Korean baseball league is actually pretty pretty good. It's one of the better international leagues. And then the Mexico series next year will be the Colorado Rockies and the Houston Astros. I feel like you probably could have picked a better matchup, but
2: Yeah.
0: And then the London series next year is gonna be the Phillies and the Mets. So some good ones, I think, for the most part. I like the locations. I think it's good that they're taking it to
2: Seoul, South Korea. I like it.
0: And before we move on to the Royals, here are the latest World Series odds. We have the Atlanta Braves as the odds-on favorite at plus 350. You have the Tampa Bay Rays at plus 500. The Dodgers at plus 550, the Houston Astros at plus 800, and the Texas Rangers at plus 1,000. I think that's pretty accurate. It's tough to see any other NL team besides the Dodgers and the Braves as favorites right now. It's just so up in the here on the NL side. Because you have teams like the Diamondbacks and the Marlins that are in the mix that normally aren't. And even Cincinnati, maybe they're a dark horse. On the AL side, I
2: think you could possibly throw in Baltimore. Other than that, I don't know. Really, it is just those five teams. It's a weird
0: year in baseball. I will say that. So maybe if you place a bet on one of those teams right now, you might make some money come October. I know we, and I also kind of want to get your opinion, Ryan. We didn't, before the MLB season started, we didn't give our picks as to who was going to be the World Series champion or who was going the World Series matchup. Do you, now at the halfway point, do you have a better indication of who it might be? No.
1: No? No, I don't want to seem like I know at all. I don't.
0: I mean, on paper, it seems like it could be Atlanta and Tampa Bay. But I think it'll be Atlanta and the AL side, maybe Texas.
1: Maybe the Royals win like the 60 straight, you know?
0: I think even then they're not going to make it in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's so sad.
0: Because they are, the Royals' current record at the All Star break, they are, I believe, 26 and 65. Oh, 39 games below 500.
2: Not, not ideal yeah that would be
1: sad to hear
0: <laughs> trade rumors we already gotten into that the Royals draft recap and really the Royals all-star at the Royals outlook at the all-star break Salvi played well at the all-star game I believe he got a hit and a run it was his 8th all-star appearance the Royals had mixed reviews on their first overall pick or not really first overall pick, but it was their first pick in the first round. They selected Blake Mitchell, I believe is what his name was. Blake Mitchell, he's a high school catcher.
1: I actually did see that and read some stuff about it.
0: So traditionally, prep catchers do not pan out in the major leagues. Typically, they're not taking high in the first round. I don't really know when they're taken, but I think you'd be feel a lot more comfortable taking a college catcher just because you're playing against higher competition level. But to the people that may have doubts about this kid, he was a two-time Gatorade High School Player of the Year in the state of Texas, and I believe he was the highest-rated catcher in the class of 24. And he was getting offers from LSU, which LSU just won the College Baseball World Series. So he's no scrub, but it's, I I mean, you can never tell with baseball prospects.
1: Yeah. So does that mean we are moving on from Salvi?
0: Not necessarily, because that kid probably won't even come up to the majors in maybe four years. It could be depending on how he progresses, usually guys like that coming out of high school, positional players, usually takes him longer, unless you're Bobby Witt Jr. Or a few others, but I don't know. Catcher? I don't know. We did need a catching prospect in our farm system because MJ Melendez was supposed to take Salvi's spot. Not necessarily take his spot, but fill in and you know take over once... We moved on from Salvi once Salvi retired, but MJ Melendez does not look like he'll be that guy. So maybe that's why they went this dir- direction. I'm not going to go too deep into the Royals' draft. At number two, they took a picture. They took Blake Walters. He was a high school pitcher, and then they uh, picked their third pick. They took Carson R- R- Rokoff or He's an outfielder out of the, out of Louisiana Lafayette. So, I, I mean, I really couldn't even tell you what kind of a grade they deserve. I don't know how any team, like any scout or evaluator or any analyst, I don't understand how you can give a draft grade for baseball. Are you really going to grade all, what, 20-plus picks? And who's to say who's going to pan out and who isn't? You know what I mean?
1: I feel like it would definitely be more difficult
0: It just, it doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. Baseball, baseball is a, baseball is weird, kind of like how the NBA is weird with their contracts, but baseball is weird with their draft especially. Because baseball, you don't trade picks, you don't trade players the day of, like how we see in the NFL and with the NBA, especially the NBA. It's just, it's just different. It's really different. So I really couldn't tell you, if you're a Royals fan out there, I couldn't tell you if they had a good draft or not. We'll see in maybe two or three years. One of the Royals' latest transactions, they traded Mike Mayer to the Chicago White Sox for cash considerations. That's about all I have for the Royals. They, I uh, believe, tickets, they cut the fees, but and you have you don't have very much time, Because I believe the deadline's tomorrow. But fans can go get tickets without any fees until tomorrow, I believe at like 5 or 6 o'clock. So you'll be set for the rest of the season if you go buy tickets. You can buy cheap ones and have no fees. Might be interested, Ryan. Not
2: unless you're going and we plan it. I get it. I I, I can't go alone, dude. I wouldn't even
1: take a date.
0: I think you and Emily would like it. Kaufman is a cool date.
1: I can't watch the Royals strike out all night. Then I strike out, too.
0: Well, I will say, before All-Star break, they played okay. They had that series against the Dodgers where they surprised everyone. But then they go play against Cleveland and Minnesota and just crap the bed.
1: Do we have a beer bat yet?
0: No. That's another. Oh, we do. I think that is there. I need to try it. See? Okay, I might. That's more of a reason to go.
1: You get to pick what beer is in it?
0: Uh, I think. I think.
1: Ooh, some bush latte?
0: Oh. Ooh.
1: Or might I get a seltzer in there?
0: Nah, I don't know. I feel like in there you have to go beer. Like actual beer. Uh, We'll see. They do sell the tall cans of quirks. Yes, sir. They have a quirk stand. So that's why I love Coffin Stadium. They keep you very refreshed. Now we can get into more of the football things. I'm happy about KU football. Are you happy about KU football?
1: Yeah. The more that I see about the recruiting, and I'm starting to get a little excited about it. It's getting close.
0: So I know we, we need to tone our expectations, of course. As I mentioned, they're not going to make the college football playoff. But to see improvement, they won five games, six games last year. You know, they won the first five games, and then they only won one the rest of the season a little disappointing
1: there were some close games though and we had a lot of injuries though i'm not making excuses i'm just saying we didn't have a healthy team
0: no their starting quarterback was hurt Jalen daniels so things could be different this year fully healthy Jalen daniels for the whole season i believe i saw for the roster we can get into that real quick their roster they have this is from dylan davis i believe is a ku beat writer KU has 17-22 starters returning from last season.
2: i like to see it.
0: Very good job by uh, Lance Leipold by retaining those guys and not letting them get into the transfer portal. That's really good because now you get that year of experience. You're going into the second year of Leipold's system. You have to be feeling optimistic, and especially with some of the recruits they brought in with the 23 class it wasn't a big it wasn't a big class, not high profile or anything. But help is on the way.
1: Yeah, and you gotta think, even if we just match last year maybe just win six games, seven games, the more, that's just gonna open up more NIL money, more NIL money, and that's gonna get us more more players and better players.
0: The more and more they produce, they yes, I agree they will. So as of right now, as I mentioned, KU has help on the way. It won't be until next year, but right now they're looking promising given that they have probably one of the most experienced teams in the country going on the field this season. But for the class of 24, KU currently ranks number 40 in the country. Now, some of you may laugh, you know, well, 40 in the country? You guys are proud about that? You're damn right we are.
1: Yeah, we've been getting JUCO transfers grad transfers whatever you call it in football for over a decade we're
0: finally getting high school almost recruits. 20 years Think yeah about that man. yeah we're finally getting notable high school recruits finally
1: we're getting players over Oklahoma K-State like what
0: well not exactly K-State K-State's beating out KU on some in-state talent and I'm a little upset about that. But we that. still got some, though. Yeah, we, we got a few, but KU definitely needs to capitalize on their in-state talent. I will say that. But to be number 40 out of the country, and I believe that they were one of the top in the Big 12 for next year for recruiting, that's really promising. That shows, that's a testament of Lance Leipold and yeah. his coaching staff.
1: We got a long, long way, long way to go, but we're at least showing some, we're getting some traction.
0: We're moving in the right direction. He already has 15 commits, I believe. The latest one, this was big news last week, but I wanna highlight it. This came on the 4th of July. It was fireworks, rightfully so, given the holiday. I don't know, this is gonna be a tough name to pronounce. Dakyus Brinkley of Katy, Texas. He's an edge rusher, 6'3", 220, was a four-star prospect. If, He stays committed to Kansas and signs, and he signs early in December. He will be the highest graded recruit in KU football history, I believe.
1: Texas forever.
0: I want to double check that, I believe. No, you're right. Okay, so yeah, his 24 7 sports composite rating, he'd be KU's highest rated high school recruit ever. Ever. that's more higher than when KU had the Orange Bowl team. And when they were winning bowls, they won the Orange Bowl and the Inside Bowl in back-to-back years, and they never had a notable high school recruit like that. Texas kid. They're starting, they're moving in the right direction. A lot of three-star prospects. Then they have plenty of time to add kids because the season hasn't even started. They have 15 commits right now. Get excited, Jayhawk fans. We're not just a basketball school anymore. <laughs> nah, I don't wanna, man, I hope. I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm I,
1: trying to be realistic, but, man, it's hard.
0: But, I mean, even even people outside of Lawrence are getting excited for them. KU is projected, so we're, t- we're still technically being slept on. Big 12 media, the preseason poll, we were picked to finish ninth in the Big 12 which essentially last year would be second to last. This season, there's 14 teams. So they're basically picking us to finish last almost, in a way. But they did pick us over Iowa State, BYU, Houston, Cincinnati, West Virginia. We're getting closer to the top, though. But I mentioned the players that were returning. 17 starters. A few of those starters were picked for the first team All-Big 12. Four players specifically. Devin, or Jalen Daniels, most notably. Preseason Offensive Player of the Year for the Big 12. I can't even tell you if KU has ever had that.
1: I don't believe we have. I thought I saw a stat about that.
0: Maybe Gail Sayers. But that wasn't even the Big 12. Big 8? Was that, it even the Big 8? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's how far back. That's the only player I would consider. Or maybe... John Riggins,
1: Tim Tim Riggins. No, no. <laughs> I wish.
0: I mean, i I to see KU get a preseason Offensive Player of the Year. That just blows my mind. I'm excited about Jalen Daniels. I don't know if I. I don't know if me personally, because there's some quality talent in the Big 12. I don't know if he'll win the Offensive Player of the Year. But to to come out right and say it, that's pretty surprising for the Big 12 to name him. And then they also had Devin Neal, real deal Devin Neal, product of Lawrence, Kansas. The hometown kid, first team, running back. Kobe Bryant, Jacoby Bryant, defensive back. He's the first team, All-Big 12. Mike Novoski, first team, All-Big 12 defensive line. Get excited about the Jayhawks. Go out to Lawrence and pack the booth. I'm excited to see what they do, man. Hopefully they can make the bowl bowl season again. It just it's exciting when KU football and KU basketball are good at the same time. We'll see. Let's see some football, though. A little bit of Chiefs update. Not a whole lot, but just some funny stuff. And some cool stuff as well. Chiefs of has officially been caught.
2: Man. I was rooting for him.
0: He had a good run. He had a good run. I saw. That the FBI was going after him. Then this dude also, he was robbing banks across the Midwest. And you know the funny thing about what he was doing? Hmm. So he was robbing these banks. And I believe in total, he accumulated over a million dollars almost, I believe. But he was cleaning the money through casinos and sports books. What Legend,
1: I've, he's going to have a movie.
0: Is what it, that's what I've seen. Now, I can't confirm that, but that's what I've seen on Twitter Swittersphere from people close to the Chiefs' kingdom. I thought that was funny.
1: They might not make the movie soon because they don't want to, like, inspire any...
2: What do you call it?
0: Criminal activity.
2: Uh, uh People who want to copy. Oh, copycats? Yeah, but it'll be a movie.
0: How wild! How wild is that? That a a chief super fan is in the news.
1: It's really sad, but hey, it's lit. I hope he can be on new heights someday if he ever gets out. Yeah, he may not get out for a while. No, he's locked up.
0: Some of our super fans are giving the Chiefs' kingdom a bad rep, though. Think about X Factor (laughs) two. He got he got banned from Arrowhead Stadium. Cause he got into a fight and he got whooped. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. And that dude's on drugs and whatnot. I, I don't know. If you're listening, those two do not represent Chiefs Kingdom. But it is funny <laughs> with their their public image. Cadarius Tony is another funny thing. I like it. I I I don't man like he 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 needs to get off social media for a while
1: yeah, I agree with that. Do you think he really was hacked though, or do you think no. he was just out there acting wild?
0: no he was He was letting people know who know how he felt or how he felt. He was letting giants fans know how he felt
1: Did you see him roasting that fan? Yeah, that was savage
0: It's just something he doesn't have to do. It's something that probably that locker room's not accustomed to i mean there there are. There have been players that have replied back to, you know, people being trolls on Twitter. Tyron Matthews done it. Chris Jones, I believe. Tyree Kill, you know, a few names. But this dude, he's just done it. He's had a week doing it, almost. And it's bad too because it was vulgar language. So I don't know. I just I hope he tones it down. Maybe Andy Reid talks to him.
1: He might have been hacked, though, man. We never know.
0: Yeah, that was the fun. (laughs) He said he was hacked. And to cap off the Chiefs update, go watch Quarterbacks on Netflix. It just released today. If you're a big Chiefs fan, you get to see Patrick Mahomes behind the scenes. Makes for good TV.
1: No spoilers. I know if you're a Chiefs fan, you probably think you've seen every Mike up Mahomes moment and you've heard, seen everything. I guarantee you haven't it's amazing
0: i'm excited to watch it i've watched the first 30 minutes or so and yeah i feel like i'm gonna be hooked and i'm excited for the future of it not just for this season just because it has patrick mahomes but i it guess it'll probably go behind a few more notable quarterbacks next year and maybe you know keep going moving along that's a good idea about what peyton manning did with omaha productions company him mm-hmm. and eli manning i like it a lot i hope they hope it pans out, I think it will too. And to finally cap off episode 56, Ryan, I mentioned if we had time, I wanted to do this with you. So we're going to talk a little bit of pop culture. I saw this. I don't know if it's for sure. I know we've started to see it more and more, more often for especially like Disney movies. Are you a fan of live action remakes?
2: Not usually. So...
0: Are you
1: talking about Barbie?
0: <laughs> well, that's not that's not really Disney, but I mean, not specifically Barbie, no.
1: Are you talking about like, I know it's not Disney, but like Avatars or is there something? Or are you talking about Little Mermaid?
0: So, Avatars in there, Little Mermaid, we've seen Aladdin be remade. There's, there's been a few others, too. But I did see on Twitter that supposedly... Oh, uh... Mulan, Mulan was also yeah. another one.
2: Bambi, Moana, Hercules,
0: Pokemon, One Piece, One Piece. People, I, I don't think people are too thrilled about that one. Your Name, Death Note, Lilo and Stitch.
1: Bro, you know I'm gonna be in there for Lilo and Stitch, bro. I would too. Bro, I just don't set. know.
0: How they, I don't know how they would do that
1: with CGI and stuff, man. I'm sure it'd be lit. They have done a live action Avatar. It was The Last Airbender. It was terrible, but Netflix is working on that right now.
0: I'm excited about that. I
1: can't remember when it's supposed to release. I have my expectations very, very, very low, but I hope it does
0: work. Yeah, I'm excited about that. The I mean, the anime show was just awesome. I, I hope they do it justice. Snow White was one. The Aristocats. You like that one? Yeah. I think they could do The Aristocats. That was a good movie. I like that one. One Punch Man. Lion King. Lion King they did that yeah how to train your dragon again I'm not sure some of these it seems pretty ambitious but do you think that's just stuff that should be left alone for the most part because a few of them are classics like Lilo and Stitch
1: it feels like they're just kind of running out of ideas absolutely I mean I feel like it's been that way for a long long time but I'd probably go see a lot of them I want to go see more movies. I feel like COVID definitely made me realize how much I miss going to the movie theater. I still, I, I still have movie tickets from, you know, fourth grade, fifth grade. You know, I always keep my movie tickets. So,
0: I'm, I'm a little sad. I still haven't gotten to see the new Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. I want to go watch that. Oppenheimer. I'm excited to go see Oppenheimer. Hopefully.
1: Very excited about it.
0: So it looks like a very interesting movie. Christopher Nolan's The Goat.
1: They got a peaky blinder in it.
0: They do. was Cillian Murphy. Yep. Good actor. So, that's we wanted to talk a little bit about a little bit about pop culture. Some good movies coming out. Some horror movies too, I believe. Insidious came out. I didn't even know Insidious was making a fifth sequel. Pretty interesting. That's where we leave off for episode 56. We hope you guys enjoy. Tune back in for episode 57, and we'll see you guys then.